It's a great time of year to be a Mountaineer fan. We've got some football and basketball on the same weekend. Tony Creedy's going to be racking up the frequent flyer mouths, trying to get all these games in. It's a great time to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be, obviously. We're going to talk about the, the football game down there in the Little Apple versus Kansas State Climbing's Purple Cats, as well as preview the big matchup in the Coliseum versus the Pitt Panthers and Hoops tonight. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil Stout. If it's in the evening, grab the drink, come on back, because it's Hugs time of year, and we're talking all things about Mountaineer basketball and football here on the porch. Let's go. First and 10 from the 27. Snap comes back. Skyler drops. Wants to throw that deep ball downfield for Gibson. Gibson's open. He comes back to the ball. He makes the catch as he gets it. couch kind of um i feel like guys and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong we're not going to get too into the weeds about this oklahoma state game i think you got to give credit where credit's due gundy and his boys are just a year too stronger and better at playing football the way we're hoping to play football i think we'll learn more from saturday than we will we'll learn from just about any game this season um and you know what still trust the climb you came out of those, that three-game stretch after the bye with a 2 on one record and an opportunity with these last three to still make a bowl. I still feel like we're going in the right direction. What do you say? And I'm going to go ahead and say, Zach, I'm going to give you the chance to go ahead and go first, but I know you typically like to defer. Make make the call in the air, sir. What, what do you want to do here? I mean, it's pretty brutal to go down like that, especially after such a nice start driving all the way down the field, taking up almost half the first quarter. But like you said, Oklahoma State's more mature as a program right now, and they've got a hell of a defense. I don't think there's any question about that. And they more than imposed their will on us on Saturday. So that pretty much sums it up, to be honest with you. They they made plays on defense. They made enough plays on offense. And that was about the story of the game. In the words of Neil Brown, as he was like walking off the field, uh, Jed Drenning, they consumed us, and yeah. they did. They absolutely did. They demolished us on both both sides of the ball on the front line. So, 
that's what you got to do to win ball games, and they sure as hell did it. Absolutely, CJ. You have anything to add to that? No, I think that's right. I think you know Neil, you know, said it right. You know that you know they consumed us. I mean, that was. Um, I heard somebody say, um, you know, that's what it looks like. You know, men against boys. You know, they they had men. Um, kind of reminded me of the the Mike Bray um, press conference when we when we played Notre Dame in the NCAA basketball tournament and beat him. He's like, you know, they're old dudes. They got men. You know, sometimes being old in college athletics isn't a bad thing, and that 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 was the difference Saturday. And that's probably the best team in the in the conference right now. And I don't, and I'm not so necessarily sure it's that close. Well, they're definitely the best defensive team in the conference. I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting because I think we were all riding high for Iowa State and TCU, right? And Iowa State's just so different in the way they do it. Oklahoma State's just kind of very simple, very vanilla. So, like when they've got when they've got it rolling. There's just not a lot of things you can exploit. And I think that was pretty plain and simple what happened on Saturday. Yeah, because they can – I mean, they get pressure, you know, with four or five guys. They've got guys that eat up blocks, and then that allows their corners to just lock people up. I mean, they've got probably two real lockdown corners. And, yeah, they probably get away with a little bit of holding and grabbing and that kind of thing. But, I mean, those guys – I mean, they just – they ratchet it down on the back end, and it just – it it makes it very very hard to to really do anything against them, especially if you can't block four or five guys and your quarterback's running for his life. Well, running for your life slash seeing orange because I mean, Daggy, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, I mean, it, it it was rough. I mean, and I think after so many times like that, you're just you get to a point where it's like, oh my, another pass play, right? And I yeah, think he started. Got yeah. To. yeah, you start getting that happy feet. You start, you know, anticipating pressure when it may not be there. Um, you know, kind of the the Jim Kelly Super Bowl against um, the Redskins, where he kept peeking because he was expecting people to come. I mean, that's almost what happened to him. So, I mean, guys, let me ask. So, I mean, guys, you know, eight sacks for seventy five yards worth of lost yardage on Saturday. You know, I was there in the seats. Kind of tough to see all the time on some of this. Were guys as open as maybe people were making it out to be, or was the pressure there so quickly that day you really had zero time? Because that's what it looked like in the stadium to me. There, there were multiple occasions where he missed guys that he easily could have hit, and even um, Dan Orlowski, who was the commentator on the game, he was drilling Daggy about missing guys like that, and he he missed quite a few guys. Hey, let me say something about like real quick though. Dan Orlowski should not talk about anybody. Because that guy was not that great of a passer himself. Hey, doesn't mean be he doesn't quite honest. Doesn't mean he doesn't understand it conceptually, and he was on the money. I mean, Daggy missed a lot of guys that could have gotten him in trouble, but at the end of the day, it wasn't going to amount to a whole lot because they were just getting pressure so consistently that he was he was seeing ghosts out there almost. Yeah, I mean, there there were some guys that he missed, and yeah, Wesky's pointing that out, but I'm kind of with Blaine, like. Dude, the last time you were in Morgantown, you looked like a high school quarterback. So let's ratchet it down a notch. But I, I think Debbie was – there was so much pressure. I think he was in his face all day, like you said, Zach, kind of seeing ghosts. He was anticipating the pressure and was trying to to really quickly make reads and progressions. And he just – it he, you from that second drive on, he was skittish in the pocket. And I don't necessarily blame him for that either. I mean, that's – that's a very tall task when, when you know your guys just aren't going to hold up that long. 
Exactly. And then they bring, and then they bring, you know, brought some pressures here and there. And honestly, too, I think the biggest key in the game, the inability to run the football, right? If they run the football, if we were able to run the football and would have given him just a little bit of time back there, maybe we have a chance. But when you can't run the ball, it goes back to kind of the, the pre-buy day, right? Where, you know, occasionally make some big time mistakes. And I think that's kind of what happened on Saturday for us. They, you know, doesn't make the big mistakes, but he also isn't able to make the plays because he's, you know, uh, essentially in a survival mode. Yeah. And that's a, that's a testament to Oklahoma state's defensive line. So credit to them. I mean, they were getting pushed all day long and that's coming off the offensive line playing their two best games of the season. So I think it's kind of a mixed bag between the offensive line probably having an off day for sure, but, you know, them not being quite as good as they showed the two games before, but definitely Oklahoma State showing that they were for real on on the front on the front seven. Absolutely, Zach. I mean, you think about, the, man, that, that defense, Malcolm Rodriguez leading that bunch. I mean, I'd say other than – I'm going to say other than Georgia, probably the best defense – that I think I've seen all season. Yeah, I think they they belong in that conversation. And it's kind of interesting, too. You know, I think Mike Gundy and his staff deserve a lot of credit in the fact that, you know, they've been able to kind of morph and change to fit what they have personnel-wise down there, knowing defensively they're really, really good. So they don't, you know, necessarily have to take a lot of the risks and stuff offensively or some of the stuff that they've, been able to do in the past as far as putting up really big numbers and they've kind of morphed this thing and I think his staff deserves a lot of credit for the ability to be able to do that and recognize it and find ways to make it work hey absolutely CJ I don't think there's any question about what you're saying there and and, and they limit the mistakes that Spencer Sanders can make they play a good ball control type of offense right now and it's working for them right like you said they're finding ways to win games um guys let's and, go ahead and, and talk yeah. And real quick, um, kind of a very classy act of Gundy to run up and shake Major's hand, too. I thought that was super, super awesome. Absolutely. I thought that was one of the – probably, to be quite honest, the highlight of the game. <laughs> yeah, if you were wearing blue and gold, yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe other than Sam James's, uh screen pass that when he took it pretty – had a pretty good gainer there on that first drive, he said, okay, okay. And then it was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the only highlights – period that we had yeah. besides Dante Stills insane interception they yes. had putting yes. up uh putting up a pretty decent case for one of the best interceptions from a Stills brother we've seen and there's pretty good competition for that. oh yeah I mean you remember that one he had last year against mm-hmm. Kansas so yeah. that's laying out that's, Fat man that's laying saying out. something right there <laughs> both of them man that I mean that man I don't know which one's better wow that's tough I mean I almost gotta say Dante's because he tapped it to himself yeah, that's then you remember Darius's though last year, and it was like you looked like he was a wide receiver or something. Full extension. Yeah. So oh, tough. Now let's you know let's hit on that real quick, right? <clears throat> Crucial point in the game right there is that interception from Dante because he makes a phenomenal play. The crowd is juiced. We've got a three nothing lead. You've got the ball on the Oklahoma State side of the field, and then Zach, we got to talk about it. We bring in your boy Gigi. For that drive, uh, are you are you a fan of Neil Brown doing that? I was not. Like, I felt like okay, with Daggy there, 
we're probably going to make a play. We're probably going to. Lou Groza, finalist, and at least we're up six nothing, and the momentum keeps rolling. But when you bring in Garrett and he struggles, and then the fumble occurs when he's trying to make a play, and he loses like almost thirty position, and then next thing you know, you've got a punt, and it just the wheels kind of fell off there. It felt like. Yeah, that was a huge momentum killer because, like you said, after the interception, it was it was such a swing in your direction. So. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that Oklahoma State would have pulled out anyway just because of how dominant they were defensively. But that definitely did not help anything because it set you back so damn far. And it's pretty disappointing with Garrett Green being such a primary ball carrier in his skill set as far as where he's at in his career now. For him to be carrying the ball in his right arm, moving left, trying to get around the edge, like that's – that's kind of a rookie mistake there. Very I don't rookie. Know how you yes. Get away with that. Just so loose with it there too. It was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah and it almost looked like, and Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but they showed it on the replay from behind. It almost looked like he was almost trying to square his shoulders up to throw it too. It was just, it looked really odd. Yeah, I think he I was think... trying to square his shoulders up to throw it, CJ, when it happened. Yeah, I'm starting that... to think he may have lost a little bit of his juice. Maybe all of it. <sighs> Well, let's let's put it this way. I want to. I do. I do want to see him again. But teams now have figured out. Okay, when he comes in, he's going to run the ball, and so he's lost that ability. Well, at least the last two games worth, right? But you're also playing the best defense in the Big Twelve against RPOs, and then the best defense in the Big Twelve in period in Oklahoma State, and then Iowa State versus the RPO. So it's like, okay, maybe let's see what happens here versus. K-State Saturday. I mean, remember when he faced – the last team he faced that wore, wore purple, he busted out with that big 67-yard run. So, let's, and let's never pump saw the brakes a little bit. You're right, though, Zach. You're right about that. Um, that was tough, though. I mean, all in all, I think we're all kind of like, do we really, really need to see him on that drive? And that's, you know, all year, Neil Browns went to him the third, the third series. Um, kind of wish he wouldn't have Saturday, though, let's be honest. Yeah, it didn't help things, but they'll uh, they'll handle it like they've they've been handling all year, just kind of trying to see who the high hand is, see who's who's rolling. And here recently, it definitely has not been Garrett Green, unfortunately. Yeah, stock's going way down. Yeah, it it has. It's it's you know it's 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 like Kamala Harris's uh, approval rating. Ouch. Tough comparison. Yeah. I, I'd say it's pretty damn close at this point in time. Yeah, and it's also kind of spurred the. That's not the, fair to Garrett. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. It 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 it's not. And Somebody it's cut that. Kind of, <laughs> uh, that's not getting cut because we bashed Kamala. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then of course it's also raised the question too: is is now that we've reached this point of the season, do we do we do we see Goose play at all? Maybe. You know, I I, I heard some people talk about that, and you know what. Might be interesting to see him get some snaps here and there potentially, but then again, it's like, do you really want to have that much of a kind of non continuity of offense at the quarterback position? All right, like he's maybe, not yeah, exactly. Maybe if the game gets out of hand one way or the other, maybe if you know injuries occur and you need a spark, maybe, but otherwise, I just I can't see you not going with Daggy. He was electric against Iowa State, so let's just see what happens Saturday. 
Oh no, I'm I'm in agreement with it, but I think it does raise an interesting question in the fact that you got three games left and he still could play in three and still keep that red shirt. All right, fellas. So, you know, we we kinda we kinda hit on, you know, Gigi coming into the game there and that's and that was rough. Real, real rough. Um, to see that happen. But CJ, I know you mentioned the you thought the OPI situation there on on the Tay Martin, uh, especially the first fade for the touchdown. And my God, did those both not look like replays? Like it was insane. Um, but yeah, I mean those they're great throws, they're great catches. Don't get me wrong. It's just the the, the first one. The only reason I thought that is is because he gets the arm on the shoulder and he completely extends it. And I mean, he basically high like stiff arms the defender. To me, that's advantage disadvantage. Like, and it's and it's kind of gross because you're really taking the corner out of it there. That the that one more than I think the second one. But to me, it's if you're going to stiff arm a defender that hard with the ball in the air, you got to call that because if that goes the other way, like the defensive guy is going to get the flag like pretty much every time. And I feel like the offensive guys can get away with murder essentially. And I just I don't know if it's fair. I'd agree with that. I'd totally agree with that, CJ. Um, I think it was it's it's only if the shoe's on the other foot, are you going to get that same that same situation? And the answer is probably not, right? Probably Um, not. And that and those are two plays right there where you miss a guy like Nick Troy Fortune because he's a little taller and he's you know he's not giving up quite that size. But I mean, you know, give it up to that Tay Martin kid. I mean, that that that. Those are two incredible catches and perfectly thrown balls for Sanders, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Spencer Sanders kind of made a believer <laughs> out of me Saturday. Um, so, fellas, you know, we talked about Major getting the jersey retired. I heard the broadcast was a little disappointing in terms of the, the coverage of Major there. Um, kind of wanted to hear from you guys on that real quick. Yeah, not a whole lot in the way of, uh, of that. I mean, they <clears throat> kind of gave him a little shout out, but nothing major. Yeah, I think they so, showed a great major. That a boy, yeah. Zach. I yeah, love man. it. And you know what? Incredible. If you want to hear more from Major, come on back to the porch here. Make sure you listen to that podcast from last week. We'll continue to kind of drop that here and there um, because we can always uh, kind of uh, listen to a little bit about what, what Major had to say. Um, now, I do want to talk real quickly here. At halftime, if you looked at the numbers, and I know I sent it to you guys in a text. They had only converted two third downs. We had the time of possession advantage by about less than a minute, but we had it. They were we only had sixty-one yards of total offense zone, so six first downs, sixty-three through the air, negative two on the ground. Oklahoma State had 116 passing, 57 rushing, right? We were in the football game at halftime. Did you feel that way though? Or did you already kind of feel like, uh oh, this is going the wrong way and fast? It felt like Oklahoma State had pretty much dominated us after that first drive. But, I mean, 10-3, to you're like, I mean, we're right there. As bad as we played, we should be able to come out in the second half and do more of what we did on the first drive. Right. And that just never happened. It never materialized. Unfortunately, Oklahoma State just continued to enforce their will even harder in the second half, and we just had nothing for them. As tough as our defense played, they just didn't have enough in the tank to keep us afloat. Well, and you know, Zach. Yeah, I think if you watch that first half and you take like the the bottom the the score row off of it, you'd think, oh, Oklahoma State's you know fully dominating this game because that's just how it felt watching it. Well, and, and CJ, I think I think you make a good point there on the fact that you know it was a totally dominant game. 
But I'll also say this too. I kind of felt like at times we were being a little bit conservative with our play calling and such because we kind of felt like, okay, we're in this thing. We're going to make another play. We're going to bust one eventually. And then we're right there with them. So I think that was partially what it was. But at the same time, you know, Oklahoma State, like you said, just continually in the word, the word Neil used, consumed us. And they did. Um, fellas, I think, I mean, obviously the play of the game, and really after this, it was kind of over, if we want to be honest. Um, 7.13 to go, the muff punt by Gratian Malashevitz um, was the kind of the dagger in the heart, right? Because the field position award kind of let us down, but that was obviously the worst of all of them. Yeah, that really put the nail in the coffin, I think. It was just super untimely, as we've said on so many occasions with our turnovers. Yeah, that I mean, it hurt, and I think that ended up being the final nail in the coffin. Um, you know, but I, it, it, it's probably definitely the backbreaker, but, I mean, it, and it's also kind of hard to say that, too, because with what we had shown offensively, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, Granted, maybe, at the time, maybe, though, CJ, it's 10-3, to 3, buddy. I mean – yeah, when you're but, getting I mean, the football back, you never know. Yeah, but what had we done offensively since that first drive that gave you any real hope? I mean, let's be real. I mean, I, I'm being real about it. It just to me, like, yeah, that that's a big play because they end up scoring and really putting it out of reach. But I mean, we had done nothing offensively since that first drive, and it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. It, it almost it was like, it, it, at times it's like, yeah, we're in this, but it was almost kind of delaying the inevitable. And it was Jeez. honestly, it kind of felt like a snoozer most of the game. And I'll be honest with you, you know, after it got to 24 to three, I kind of dozed off, which I never do. But I kind of, it kind of was led up to that point throughout the game because it was just such a, I don't that, know, I felt drowsy almost the whole game. I'm going to well, tell got, you guys. It, it, it got to 24 to three. I went to dinner. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you this. When it was 24 to three, my buddy who I'd been there at the game with, you know, he he was almost kind of ready to go after it was seventeen to three, and I said, "No, we'll hold out, we'll hold out." But then after twenty four to three, we actually started heading down, heading back down south at that point in time. Um, and I hate I hate to do it. It's probably one of the few times I've ever done it in my life. Yeah. Um, other time being Texas Tech, the Deggy uh, Deggy's first game entering in when it was that already thirty to three. Well, so. it was also blistering cold, so I sit out there and freeze your butt off and get your ass kicked. Well. Hey, I'm there. okay. I'm okay. Hey, with I was cold, there, but... man. <laughs> I left early too. It's okay. Uh, I mean, it, it's not one of those things I like to do. And I'll tell you though, it, when that when the muff punt happened, you still thought okay. And then they got another short field, and that's kind of when they really imposed their will offensively on us for the first time all game. And that was it. You looked at the scoring drives with them, by the way, fellas. They scored on a drive starting at their own forty-seven, their own forty-eight. And then the touchdown drives were at their own 47, our 42, and our 26. You just can't win that way. No. I mean, that's that's the story right there. They were they were taking advantage of the short fields they got, and we really never had that except for the interception the Stills got, which we squandered, unfortunately. So, I mean, Oklahoma State did what they had to do to win. Credit the defense on both yep. sides. West Virginia's defense hung in there. You know, it's not like Oklahoma State's offense destroyed us by any means. No. So I mean, two great throws by Sanders, and, right. and some pretty good running games at times. I mean, that's you hold them three point two yards of carry. 
and Sanders didn't even eclipse 200 yards passing on 31 attempts. So defense played pretty solid, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that they did, Zach, and that's probably the two, what, two of the three best defenses in the conference that lined oh, up. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so, I mean, that's kind of what you expect when you when you get that. Both offenses can be conservative. I'd say the biggest disappointment defensively is that we had a lot of looks at more sacks on Sanders that we got. But, you know, again, credit to him. He's very mobile. He navigated the pocket very well, and we missed a lot of tackles. Yeah, and, and again, that's the second week in a row now we face a really, really extremely mobile quarterback. And, um, guys, I think we're going to get another one this weekend. Um, yes, we do. Anything else we want to talk about before we get into Kleiman's Purple Cats down there in the Little Apple? I think we pretty much wrapped it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Open and shut case. Oklahoma State whooped our ass. Up yeah, front, they did. Told us up, what happened up front told the story. Yeah. And I think the only other thing I want to say is this closing number, 133 in terms of offense, and I know this. We will have 133 by the end of the first quarter on Saturday. Book it now. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. I like the way you think. Hey, ready to roll. Fellas, let's talk about it. How are we feeling here heading into this game? K-State, 6-3. and three. They're at home. I mean, we obviously know that, you know, they've got a, a good quarterback, mobile quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Deuce Vaughn is a pretty good running back, obviously. I mean, they've been playing some good football of late. They're on a little. They're on a winning streak of three games. How are you feeling about this this trip here, at the Little Apple on Saturday? I, I'm feeling actually pretty good about it. Um, you know, this is one of those games when you talk about the climb. You know, it's K State. They're kind of a an even program with us, if you will, as far as kind of. I think where they are too, you know, with Kleinman there and what they're mm-hmm. building. Um, it's kind of a good measuring contest of where it is as you, as you continue this climb up and to step on and over teams. Um, you know, uh, Neil's never lost to Kansas State. So, you know, I, I know they've won three straight. They've gotten Skylar Thompson back. Um, and if I call him Skylar Howard, I'm going to apologize now because that's just kind of where my <laughs> brain wants to go. It's hard not to, CJ. It's yeah. It's really hard not to. But the, the interesting thing is, is if you watch really kind of the last three games, the interesting thing with, with Skylar has been, it's not best his mobility. Um, he's not running the ball quite as much as he used to. It's his accuracy and his distributing and getting it out to various wide receivers. You know, obviously Deuce is their, their leading really spreading the ball around so he's there's not a outside of deuce that you really lock on on that side of the ball and go okay well let's take this guy away and, and make him go somewhere else he does a real good job of, of facilitating the ball well and also he does a really good job of extending plays i think yeah. that's the biggest thing for him i mean you look at his numbers 120 to 112 of 157 so he's pretty accurate right 1,558 yards, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. So he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and, and, CJ, you hit on something real quick about Deuce Vaughn's kind of the guy, right, that you look at on the, on, for them. Um, Deuce Vaughn last year, we held him to 22 yards in that game that, that we went up to uh, Halloween weekend last year versus K-State. Uh, the weirdest Mountaineer game we'll probably ever go to in our lives, buddy. But yeah, we totally locked – Totally locked him out, and I hope I don't think we're going to be able to do the same thing 
Saturday, but I have a good feeling we're going to do a good job. Well, and and we kind of got them at the right time too, because Will Howard was playing quarterback, not not Thompson. So you could do a little bit different things. You know, Thompson's a guy who's feels he's on that Donovan McNabb program. He he been there a little while. <laughs> the Donovan McNabb program, I like it. Something else, real quick here, uh, to, that I I just noticed and I, I find it just interesting. Deuce Vaughn has three more carries on the season than Letty Brown, but has two hundred more yards. Um, what's that say? What that says to me is that Kansas State's offensive line, mm-hmm. they took their lumps last year. They're not taking them this year as much. And Letty, obviously, doesn't have as much room to run behind our line as Deuce Vaughn does behind theirs. Zach, you got anything for us? No, that's actually the comment I was going to make. Kansas State thrives on the big uglies. Like, they really put a lot of pride in – having strong physical offensive linemen, guys that get, you know, they end up in the NFL. And they've had guys like that over the years since we've been in the Big 12. And it seems like they've got it again. And Deuce Vaughn, I think his stature kind of helps too because he kind of sneaks out from behind those those giant guys they have up front. So you don't really see him until he's squirting through a hole and then you blink and he's gone. He's just so quick and shifty. But – you know, they're obviously doing well for him blocking wise and he's he's chunking yards out like with the best of them. And doesn't that and doesn't that give you a little bit of hope too? Um, Blaine, you mentioned it. You know, they took their lumps as an offensive line last year. Mm-hmm. Now look at what they've been able to do this year. It's kind of what West Virginia's going through this year. Take the lumps, then next year you start to see kind of the, the fruits of that. Absolutely, CJ. Absolutely. I think you're gonna see the fruits of that. And I think Saturday was the beginning point of that, right? Like you kind of you kind of saw, okay, this is what we got to do. We got to match this. We played well two straight weeks. I, I've got a feeling we're going to come out and, and be ready to play Saturday and match some intensity and and have a plan and and get back to playing that football we were playing versus TCU. And I do want to mention one of the thing that real quick CJ you brought up about them not really having a, a great receiver. Otherwise, I will say this. The combination of press of Philip Brooks, the junior, Malik Knowles, um, they're a receiver. They 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 they've got a little bit of big playability, and then the tight end, and Lord have mercy, I'm not even going to attempt his last name. Although I'm, you know what, never mind, fellas, I am going to give it a shot. Daniel Amitwabihibi. Uh, he averages thirty. Yeah, oh yeah, nailed it. Thanks, Zach. Um, <laughs> he averages thirty. 30.4 yards per catch. Had two catches for 90 last week. A touchdown, 73-yard long. Had a 68-yarder against Nevada. So he's not a guy that you, that, you know, you hear a lot, but when he does make a catch, it's typically a really, really big play. So let's hold him for a goose egg on Saturday. Yeah. Is zero, by the way. Yeah, and I think if if you look at K-State's offense, I think it all starts with with Deuce, right? That He's the guy you take away, and then it's like, well, if anybody else beats us, you almost kind of tip your hat and live with it. Um, there's another player for them that keep your eye on. He's on the other side of the ball that the defensive end they have. Uh, Felix Anuke Uzama. Azama, yeah, eleven sacks on the year, uh, twenty-eight total tackles. I mean, he's first in both categories in the country for yeah. forced fumbles and sacks. Yeah, the the guy's an absolute monster. Um, and the scary thing is he's only a sophomore. Uh, 
Or it'll be <laughs> one of those guys that you see in a couple of years and say he's still there. Yeah. So or maybe he's not. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great to see him him jump out. But yeah, I think I think it's really for West Virginia, you know, you know, keep Deuce in front of you. Don't let him you know, explode out and have a, have a huge day. And then offensive line wise respond from last week. Um, I think that's kind of a game for them, you know, where they take it and go and they spend their entire off season and the rest of the year going, that's, that's what we're never going to allow again. And it keeps them working and pushing. Um, I think this is a big rebound spot for the O-line and I think it needs to be. Yeah, it needs to be for sure. Let's keep Daggy clean in those clean white uniforms on Saturday. The stormtroopers are coming. Oh, you love it. You love it, right? <laughs> oh man, you got me you got me excited, Zach. Um oh, shit. so hey, you know what though? Let's let's hope the good guys though, you know, that we uh kind of we're in the stormtrooper unis but let's let's hope the the good side of the force there is able to come out saturday with a win not the purple not the purple cats um attack of the clones west virginia style oh i like it you know that 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 worked that worked there a few weeks back i I think you might be onto something there buddy um do we have anything else that we kind of want to hit on here before we get to the predictions because then we've got to talk a little bit of hoops Mm. No, nah, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I'm just got to hope the offense turns back around, do what they did the couple weeks before Oklahoma State, because we've got to gotta hit that 30 number, boys. I think we can win this game without scoring 30. I do really believe that. Um, and we do need to win in these Stormtrooper uniforms. It's one of those uniforms that's been a tough one for us. Um, guys, let's get the predictions. CJ, you taking it first. Zach, you deferring what's going to happen here. Where are we going? Hit it, CJ. Okay. Um, by the way, by the way, CJ, I forgot to tell us this. this is always something we got to do. Mountaineers are a six-and-a-half-point dog. That's exactly what I was about to say. Plus 200 on the money line, and the over-under in this game is 47. So now, CJ, take it away. Okay. Um, I think this is a spot you're going to see the offensive line raise up. Uh, they're going to do pretty much um, what we would expect them to have done over the last couple of weeks, minus the Iowa State game. Um, they're going to find a way for Letty to run the ball. They're going to keep Daggy clean uh, defensively. Um, I mean, outside of Baylor, uh, West Virginia's defense has been very, very good. I expect that to continue. Um, I love the fact here we'll ride with the trend. Uh, Neil's never lost to K-State. Um, let's just keep that going. We get a win in the all-whites. Um, that uniform, we – don't win a lot in but we're gonna break that trend um saturday give me the mountaineers 27 10 i like it cj dudley defensive effort i like it zach what you got buddy well should i say copernicus that's me all right <laughs> on the track. Um, I kind of like where CJ's going with the defensive effort there, holding them to 10. I'm not quite as optimistic, though. I'm close. I'm keeping them under 20 here. I'm going to say West Virginia 
And unlike Stormtroopers, we need Deggy to be able to hit the target. Oh, he's got he's to bounce back strong after that effort against Oklahoma State. I mean, he was having a rough one. He's got to turn it back around. We're going to see a lot of what he has, you know, in the chest on there on Saturday in, in Manhattan. He's uh, He's got to show some heart, show some resolve, and uh, lead this team to a dub that they desperately need if they're, if they're wanting to stay in the bowl hunt. Absolutely, Zach. I love it. Now, you know what? It's kind of funny you brought about Deggy's heart, right? I remember his first career start. Was you're, that Bill Snyder? You're old enough to remember stadium. that? Oh, well, I'm old enough to remember his first one at, at in Morgantown, <laughs> right? For, for us. When he went to Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and that K-State team was, was ranked, it kind of been kind of thought of highly in the CFP rankings at the time, and we beat him when he connected that big touchdown catch to – um, I believe it was Bryce Ford Wheaton um, and got us that big win. I think, fellas, I look at one thing from Saturday. It's going to come down to can we run the football. They average only allowing 117.3 yards a game on the ground. We're only getting 115. But if we can get back to that Iowa State mentality running it and impose our will and make sure that we are able then to give Deggy time, I think we've got a great chance to do some big things. And I think it, look at this from this perspective too. Yeah, Kansas State's on a three-game winning streak, right? But they had to come back to beat Texas Tech on the road. And granted, that sparked them, but it was a big win. TCU, we obviously saw what was going on there the week before Patterson, right? And then Kansas is Kansas. So I don't know if Kansas State's as good as maybe people are giving them credit for. I think we come in there to the Little Apple – Get the win. Everyone watching on FS1 nationally is going to be pretty pretty uh, impressed with what they see from the Mountaineers. I say we win this one Saturday, 28-17. to 28-17 to 17 Saturday. We're scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and we're going to play some good, solid defense, forcing a couple mistakes, and uh, we're going to get this W, fellas. Hey, and a win should secure Neil Brown's job for at least another week, and it won't uh, be a situation where he sees the same fate as Gary Patterson and Matt Wells. So let's, let's uh, keep let's, our fingers crossed for that one. Let's put it this way, Zach: um, the timer yeah, is not cause... the timer is not up on Neil Brown. My stopwatch here uh, wanted <laughs> wanted to go off, fellas, and it's not time not time for Neil Brown to uh, to have to worry here. I'll also say this real quickly. Yeah, but K-State's been kind of the team that gets coaches fired this so year. They, they have been, but we're not going to worry about that with Neil. We're going to get this W. We're going to be 5-5, five and five, and everyone gets to come, come out the following Saturday for senior day in a big, a big noon contest with the Texas Longhorns. Too bad it's not at night, but everyone should be fired up. Should be hopefully, you know, at least it won't be as cold as at noon. And then you get Kansas. So you win this one. You're five and five. Things are starting to look up. Maybe you could even finish the year seven and five. Bowl win eight and five. You never know. Um, we kind of we kind of recall for an optimistic thing after the after the bye. Let's keep the optimism rolling, fellas. Let's no, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Um, I mean, all three games of these are are winnable. You know, K State's who you know is a winnable game. We all know what Kansas is, and Texas is a dumpster fire right now. Hey, and if we if we come out 
ready to play. I see no reason why we have to immediately shift our focus to hoops. But we're going to do that now. Let's talk about some hoops. So uh, we just we just kind of hit up all on football, and maybe some people are doom and glooming after Oklahoma State, but a lot of people were doom and glooming uh, after about the first ten minutes on Tuesday night. Zach, I think you might have been one of them talking about the rebounding. Let's let's talk a little bit about that Oakland game and uh, kind of how you feel coming out of it, and then CJ kind of want to hear your thoughts, and then I'll kind of kind of try and get somewhere in between you guys. I'm not going to go doom and gloom necessarily. Like I've told you guys, I'm kind of reserving my opinion until I've had a bigger sample size to judge this team. It's still early. A lot of new pieces that you're working with here. I mean, you've got guys playing significant minutes that weren't even on the team last year. So I think there's still time to try and get a grip on what this team is going to be. So I'm not going to freak out too bad getting a win in the opener is always nice. Would have been great to be a little more convincing. Oakland's a pretty solid program as far as, you know, that level is concerned. But like I, like you mentioned, there are concerns. I mean, getting out-rebounded by a team like Oakland by 15, that's a big problem. And when Akron did it to you the week before, another another thing that gives you a lot of pause. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of rebounding. You're not getting a lot of you know, massive rebounding contributions from your bigs. And that is concerning. And when you lose, you know, Shibway and Culver, both from what you had at one point or another during the team last season, who were huge, huge rebounding contributors, you try to replace them with this kind of squad of bigs that you're working with. It's just, it's hard to replace guys like that. And that's going to be one of the biggest points I'm looking at for the rest of the season. And, Offense, too. I mean, I made mention of it after the Akron game. When Taz was on the floor, that offense looked completely lost, and he was obviously on fire that game. So this game against Oakland, I wanted to see how that worked out. He wasn't obviously shooting it near as well as he did against Akron and kind of played out around the same way. The offense just really wasn't overly inspiring. But again, Still a lot of time left. I'd like to see how they bounce back from this against Pitt on Friday. Yeah, I agree with you. The rebounding is a big one. Um, you know, and this is going to be a very guard-heavy um, team. You know, he was running three guards out there at one point. Um, it's it's going to be rebound by committee. Um, I expect them to get better at that. I think they're going to be probably end up somewhere around average to good rebounding. I, they're not going to be great like they have been. Hey, because CJ, they're a Coach Huggins team. You know they'll rebound the ball eventually. Yeah, eventually they will. Uh, two things really kind of jumped out at me. Um, one was how much Gabe Osaboyan just jumped off the TV screen. Like, he was everywhere. Like, he's the heart and soul of his team, and I don't think it's even close. Um, you know, loved the effort he gave, um, you know, stepping in, taking charges, fighting for rebounds, keeping plays alive. Um, the other one was is, is you got out-rebounded by 15, but you forced 25 turnovers. So, That's positive. If, if you're going to struggle rebounding, let's create turnovers, which is what they did. That's something they're going to have to continue to do. 19% from behind the arc, I think that number's going to get better. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, guys, Absolutely. Shoot the ball. And the other thing with Taz is, and I'll agree with, with you on this, Zach, is, is when he's not on the floor, it is so much different offensively. 
but he can get any shot he wants almost kind of at will is what it looks like. And they're really going to need him to do that. And it's going to be interesting because the scouting report is going to be McNeil Sherman, shut those two down, make somebody else beat you. That's where guys like Kobe Johnson, uh, Jalen Bridges, and even Isaiah Cottrell are going to have to step up and find ways to support them in that role. That's, you know, it's kind of funny, CJ. You just, you just did that. And it's, you got we have two K Johnsons in the box score nowadays. Just just something to just something to kind of kind of laugh at a little bit there. But I mean, Taz going one of seven from the floor from three was not a great look. And at the same time, though, he still gets eighteen. Right? He was able to find, like you said, find his own shots. We were able to get get to the line a little bit. We're gonna have to be a little bit better free throw shooting. Obviously, ten of eighteen is not gonna get it done. CJ, I also agree with your point about Gabe just jumping off the screen. And, man, when we needed energy, he came in and he absolutely made it happen. Felt like he was making good passes. Felt like he was getting – I mean, he had nine rebounds. Um, I think we're going to continue to see Gabe be a big-time rebounder for us on this team. I mean, took six charges, uh, or maybe it was five. I don't know, depending on how what you want to look at. Um, yeah, it was, it was five. Should have been six when they called the block. Yeah, I mean, incredible job by Gabe. Um, jumped off the screen. I was really ex- excited and pretty happy to see uh, the way Diamond Kerrigan uh, played. I mean, he he was blocking some shots, uh, was was making making some plays. You know, just 15 minutes though, so we got to see a little bit more out of him. I'm still interested to see Polly Paulcap. Cugs keeps talking about how he sees a lot in practice from him. I haven't seen it out of the game. One guy I do want to talk about here real quick, though, fellas, and that is uh, Malik Curry. I feel like when he was in the game there in the second half and at times in the first, we really started kind of seeing him take control of the offense and help it run smoother, even though he wasn't necessarily a guy who lit up the box score. um, I felt like he played a pretty good game for us. And um, Keedy at times had some good energy. Um, and I will say this, too. As mad as we were about this thing, when Sean McNeil hit that three from essentially Princeton in the state on half court, like, and we got up 18, I believe it was at the moment, you felt really, really good about the basketball team. Granted, kind of let it slip away in typical West Virginia fashion, but still found a way to get to W. And Oakland's a good team coached by Greg Campy. The only other thing I wanted to bring up real quick is Bridges and Cottrell. Kind of was expecting more out of those two guys. Hopefully, we'll continue to get more as the season goes. But um, we're going to need more from both of them, you know, without question. I mean, for those two guys that only combined for 13 points and seven rebounds, that's not going to cut it. We almost need that from each of them. Yeah, for sure. And Yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to have to step up. And, I mean, it, it's game one, you know, and it, it's hugs. I mean, we've all learned to kind of trust him. I mean, he's earned that and – you know, the other thing, too, is, is and I think if you look at it, too, Oakland plays, you know, that, that kind of that Syracuse 2-3 zone. Mm-hmm. It's really extended. They're really active in it. You're not going to see a ton of that during the year. I think that's going to help guys like Malik Curry, who likes to really drive, get to the hoop. Um, so that that's kind of a funky defense to see your first time out. Um, but got a lot of new faces. This, this season's going to be, you know, how much they improve game to game. Uh, and with Huggins, you kind of learn to, you know, they're going to get better in certain aspects and they're, I mean, they're going to have some deficiencies. It's just, they're going to have to find ways around them. And I just, I, I think they're going to, 
Um, you know, this is probably about a mid, you know, th- this team could finish mid pack of the conference. I don't think there's, there's any question about that. Um, you know, they just got to improve and continue to work. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying too. And you mentioned the zone that they play the entire game. We saw last year during the NCAA tournament, how that can really affect us because, you know, when we're not hitting shots and you're playing against the zone, which is what you got to do. You got to shoot out of the zone. You got to shoot the yep. defense out of that zone. When you're not hitting shots, you know, obviously they're not going to stop doing what they're doing. That's what happened against Oakland, just like it did against Syracuse. So I want to mention something about Gabe, which obviously we all love him. He's, he's the heart and soul. You said that Gabe, or you said that uh, Blaine and, you're 100% right. One thing that concerns me, and this kind of played out against Akron, he has to manage to stay out of foul trouble because while he did manage to get the charges in his favor this game, when you put yourself in those positions so frequently, depending on the whistle, you can get in foul trouble real easy. And I love that he's doing it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing. I think the way he puts his body on the line for this squad is incredible. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But his biggest issue isn't going to be what he's doing on the court. It's about being on the court. So that'll be an interesting thing to see the rest of the season. That's a good point, Zach. Especially, you know, in clear, in in kind of 50-50 ones that aren't clear charge situations. Mm -hmm. That'll be real interesting to see how that goes. Um, Yeah, and foul trouble is going to be something that this team's got to pay attention to because – Depth-wise, you've got a lot of guys who haven't played a lot of minutes. You know, stay, staying out of foul trouble, especially in the back. You know, in the backcourt, is going to be real key for this team. Beyond yeah, Osaboyan, I mean, Cottrell's got to play smarter. He's had some issues with dumb fouls in the first couple looks that we've seen with this team. Which he's young; he's still getting back in the swing of things. I think his best basketball this season is definitely ahead of him. Easily, Zach. Easily. Uh, I'm not too concerned about him. Yeah. Same with Bridges. I think Bridges will be totally fine. Um, one guy I really need to see more out of is Keaty Johnson because, you know, defensively he's intense, had four steals. He really, you know, busts his ass out there. But if he's going to be the floor general out there when he's on the floor, he's got to be more under control. He, he is very loose with the ball at times. He – he makes some very questionable passes. We saw that against Oakland. But, again, it's still early. Hopefully he can come into form. But the other Johnson, um, Kobe, the freshman, very excited about him, very excited about his prospects. He's got a very, you know, D1 ready body. Yep. He's going to get plenty of playing time, and I think I think that will be good for us and definitely good for him. He'll come along a lot quicker that way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think and I think that's got to happen too because I mean if you look, you know, Taz and Sean played thirty-seven and thirty-five minutes. You know, if you're Hugs, he wants to he wants to bring that level down on them a little bit because they they if they have to average that for the season, they're going to be sucking gas by the end of the year. Yeah, you don't want them to be getting thirty yeah. plus minutes in these well, because those legs, man, those yeah. legs will go eventually. Yeah. Um, especially with those two being our, you know, our, our top shooters, and we're going to need them to make shots, need those legs. Mm. One thing else I wanted to bring up real quick, and then I, I kind of want to get into Friday because it's, uh, it's, it's a big game, right? Um, you can say that. Yeah. 20 offensive rebounds from Oakland. I will guarantee this. Now, granted, it might not happen overnight, but we're not going to allow teams to get 20 offensive rebounds very often against us. We'll figure out how to box out. And I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see it by the time, maybe not, maybe not tomorrow night, but hopefully 
But by the time we're done with that tournament in Charleston, and by the time we get in Big 12 play, we will become a team that will not allow offensive rebounding galore like we did against Oakland. There was one series there in the first half where they had three uh, offensive rebounds and I think four shots off it, and they finally made the layup. Just can't happen. No, because if that happens, especially in conference play with some of the top couple of teams in the league, especially like Kansas, you'll get run out of the gym. No, they'll they'll bend you over a barrel if you let them hit the glass like that <laughs> and show you the fifty states, Zach. Like uh, you know, like from that movie, right? That so movie like, that I can't remember the name of either. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly I know, what you're right? talking about. Oh, it's 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 from this movie, you know. Um, but we we are playing with a lot of defensive intensity, and the depth that you have really helps with that. So that can hopefully take a little bit of the pressure off the rebounding situation. But if you're not winning the rebounding match or at least making it more competitive on a consistent basis, you're going to struggle, especially when you're giving teams a lot of second-chance points near the hoop. You're not going to succeed that way. So that's my biggest point of emphasis for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But love the heart that they showed. I mean, this team was engaged from the opening tip. Um, this seems like a really a Bob Huggins crew. I mean, th- these are guys that want to be there. Um, you know, Polly Polycap said it, you know, in his media availability, like it, this is the guy he wanted to play for. So mm-hmm. Huggins has got a bunch of his guys, you know, they're going to work, uh, you know, they respect him. Um, this, this is setting up to be a, a really good team that he's got, you know, how good, you know, who knows, it's all going to depend on how quickly they can develop and those young guys can, can step into their roles, but you, you got to feel really good about what he's got up there. Yeah, absolutely. And so guys, let's, let's get to Friday. And also one quick note about Friday, too. Oakland goes to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State down there at old Iber Gallagher Arena. So I'll be interested to see how Oakland plays against Oklahoma State, who cannot make the tournament, obviously, now. Um, yeah. but Man, so, and, is, and is Oakland playing some money grab games? Because they still got Alabama, too. Holy cow. Hey, Greg Campy's not afraid. He'll line them up and let's go play. Um, and that team's a solid team. you got to give Jamal Kane a lot of credit. But also, real quick, on before we get to Friday, and I just thought about this. We did a heck of a job on their point guard. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was one of the best, you know, mid-major point guards probably in the country. And we kind of kind of put him in a box and didn't let and did not let Mr. Moore uh, do much of anything. I mean, he he's a guy who's well thought of. He played 37 minutes, was two of 16, 0 of 5 from three. I think that speaks to what we're about defensively. And I saw yeah, turnovers. Yeah. Exactly, Zach. And we saw that in the Akron game, you know, the defensive intensity. We saw it there the other night. Um, we're not going to make it easy on teams at all. Um, and hopefully we do the same thing here Friday against Pitt. And I've got every reason to believe that we can. Pitt coming off of a loss to the Citadel. Now, granted, they've got a couple of things um, going against them, obviously, you know, with the with the injury and then the suspension due to one of their guards, you know, uh, essentially shoving a cop as he was car was getting towed. Real bright. Maybe why he goes to pit. But anyway. Um, History of bad decision making. Yeah. I mean, obviously he made one to start with and then he makes another one. So, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, fellas, what are we thinking? How do you feel about this game? What do you want to see? Um, always fun to play the backyard brawl. I mean, I want to see us lay the wood to him. And- I expect it. You gotta, you gotta hope the pit doesn't come bouncing off that Citadel loss with some grit because, you know, I mean it'll make the game more fun, but we don't want to catch them on a bad day and us on a bad day. But 
I think we'll I think we'll take care of business. My biggest concern, which goes it's hand in glass. hand, goes hand in hand with the rebounding situation. You know, you got John Hugley, big big dude, six nine two forty. We've got to make sure we take care of him because he might he might do what Oscar did to Duke the other night if we don't if we don't take care of him. And by the way, speaking of his name, he is back that he used to not be named. After watching that performance that he had against Duke, he is back on the shit list. The guy left in the middle of the night. I don't want to hear anything otherwise. Back what are you talking Duke. about? He left in the middle of the night there last last year during the season, Zach. Didn't tell anybody and just got up and left and packed his bags and left. He is still he or should not be named. Fair enough, but he did uh, he did do a number on Duke. He has a couple yeah. of big the dark, the, the big dark lord the dark lord the, the dark the dark lord Sheepway had himself a pretty <laughs> good pretty good game there. And it, hey, in all fairness though, talking about that game real quick, there was a lot of missed shots too, a lot of missed shots from Kentucky. But yeah, he did have a good night. Back to our game though, and enough about he should not be named the Dark Lord Sheepway. Um, man, you talked about Ugly. We got to get on him. Are any guards, anybody on that guard play, bother you at all? I mean, granted, both of them are out due to reasons. Uh, you know, one for making bad decisions, not just going to pit, and the other one with the injury. Any of them worry you at all? Uh, I mean. Odukale, I guess he could he can fill it up based on what he did against Citadel. One of the only other guys that really did anything offensively yep. besides Hughley. I I don't know. That's another team I'm really not ever overly familiar with. I think a lot of the guys that were a part of that team last year are gone, especially yes. in the backcourt. So mm-hmm. this will this will be an interesting showing well, from them. And, and we know Cable's a good coach. I mean, he's 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 done a good job at, at a lot of you know different places. Um, I mean, they were two of seventeen from the three, so hopefully we defend that well. Hopefully they stay cold, we make shots, and we kind of roll out of this thing with a win. They did give up thirty nine rebounds to the Citadel, though, Zach. It was pretty much Hoogley out there, I guess. Him and Gaia. So I don't know. I'm I'm just not gonna give us the benefit of the doubt in that department until they show me. Yeah, well, and I mean, and Pitt struggled to cover, you know, the three point line. I mean, they gave up thirteen threes. Of course, that's what Citadel does. They're kind of like VMI in that regard. You know, they just bring it down and chuck it up into the air. Um, you know, but I, I expect us to shoot, you know, better than 19% from behind the arc. Uh, Pitt defensively gave you a lot of hope and wow. You know, it's almost kind of like who'd have thought this, but they might be a, you know, get offensively right game. Um, you know, I, I do like our chances. And here's an interesting thought. When would you have ever thought somebody could just roll into the Peterson Event Center and just handle Pitt? Like, that used to be a house of horrors for people. And anymore, mm-hmm. it's just it, it's just another gem. It's kind of it's kind of weird how that's turned for them up there. And then for the Citadel to go in there and only commit 10 turnovers, like, what's Pitt doing defensively to only get 10 turnovers from the Citadel? I mean, come on now. That not gives me hope that we're going to have single digits. Not a lot of intensity is what I would say. Yeah, I think it's not a lot of intensity. I think you know, like you said, they're 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 down two guards. Both guys I expected to you know be big time producers for them. Um, but I think I think Capel's kind of in the same spot Huggins is. Right, he's got a bunch of guys. He's not really sure what they can and can't do yet, and they're still trying to figure it out. You know, I think he's you know, and in the same regard, I don't think they can guard real well. We've struggled with that at times. Um, you know, th- this one's setting up to be very interesting. I-, I love the fact that it's in Morgantown. It's a sellout. 
Um, Your boy will be there, by the way, CJ. Yes, sir. Scream hard for us. But I'm with Zach, though. You got to be a little nervous. Maybe Pitt comes in, you know, a little pissed off. Um, but But I think if you're West Virginia, do what you did the last game. You know, obviously rebound better, but force the turnovers um, and then knock down shots. I mean, hey, Huggins says it's Huggins simple. Says that, no. that, that, that's Got to make shots, Tony. Got to make shots, Tony. Got to make know, shots. But, you know, it, you know, get McNeil to get a couple to go down, let Taz continue to do, you know, operate and get shots like he wants to, and then get, you know, get some contributions from some of the other guys, especially like, you know, Jalen Bridges, Isaiah Cottrell, you know. So I, I I love the spot West Virginia is in. You're at home, you know. You you know Huggins ran them as if they lost that game. So I, I don't expect them to just, oh, you know. Absolutely. Walk. I don't know if you heard his <laughs> post game uh, talk with Tony, but I mean, my goodness, I mean, he was less than thrilled. I'll also say this real quick too: if you had to pick a coach in between the two to get a team ready for the brawl between Hugs and Capel. I think we know who you want to take. Hugs doesn't like these guys either, and he wants to put the screws to them. I imagine that we got a real good chance to do that in the Coliseum Friday night. I totally agree. One other thing that I noticed in the box score from the uh, the Pitt game against the Citadel, Pitt never led in that game for even a second. The Citadel took it from the jump, never lost the lead. Got it up to 18 at one point, actually, so – that uh, that fifteen point win was even worse at one point. So that's uh, that's probably going to provide some inspiration for Pitt, but I I don't think it'll be enough. I mean, to come out like that so flat to start the season, not a good sign. A plus, Zach. It's an eight thirty tip, which means the students have got a lot of time to get lubricated, and uh, it's going to be a sellout. The closest thing that we've seen to you know, I mean, had a couple crowds last year that were pretty good there in March and stuff. But, I mean, this is going to be the best thing we've seen since Baylor came in. And Deuce McBride literally made the Storm Chasers, you know, fall over in their um, into the student section with their galoshes on. So, we won't, we won't storm the court for beating Pitt, but we're going to put it to them big time. And old Jack Fleming would say, put up that sign that says, beat Pitt, beat Pitt. And I expect us to do that handily Friday night. Cover, baby. Cover. I don't know if I'm taking that because it's 12 in the hook and you could win by 10 and it feel real good still anyway. But, um, fellas, we're going to keep talking hoops this year. It's going to be fun. And uh, hopefully it's a great weekend for Mountaineer sports. But um, Absolutely. You know, start off Friday with this win, trickle into Saturday with some with some with, with a football dub, and then um, we get ready because next week, man, we've got the tournament down there in Charleston, South Carolina. Elon, 9.30 on Thursday night. And then, um, you know, a Marquette or Ole Miss matchup there in the, in the second game could be real fun. And uh, just programming note for everybody, obviously follow us on at Port Sports Pod. But um, we're going to have a basketball preview episode with uh, kind of kind of the guy I like to say is kind of the whisperer, man. He, he's in the circles. He knows a lot about a lot about the game of basketball and also knows a lot of the people that are in deep in the Mountaineer program. That's Jeremy Stout next week with all of us. So you guys get ready for that. It should be really fun. And CJ, we're working on a special guest. We won't reveal it yet, but uh, could be very, very entertaining for the folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to give the give it away, um, but um, very, very excited. It looks like that's going to be a possibility for next week. So everybody kind of 
kind of buckle up and get ready for that one. Let's just say you know who this guy is and you know of a few plays that this guy made. That's for sure. Yeah, one iconically that stands out. Without a doubt. You got a you got a nice guest in the guest in the queue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got a good guest queued up. Oh, until next time you guys take it easy. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Hey!